I'm Jocelyn K. Gly, and this is Hurry Slowly. When I wrapped up the third season of this podcast in January of this year, I wasn't sure if I would be welcoming you back for a fourth season. I was burnt out, and it wasn't 100% clear to me what the mission of the podcast would be moving forward. But now we're entering this incredibly strange, totally unique moment where we're beginning to emerge into the world like vulnerable little newborns after over a year of seclusion. And it seems to me that if we just take the name of this podcast at face value, this is most certainly a time to think about hurrying slowly. Because we have so much to integrate, so much from what we've all been through in the past year. And that's where I want to start today, to just crystallize the scope and sheer vastness of the shift that we're currently moving through and how different our perspectives and our situations are. Some folks have continued to be out and about in the world throughout most of the pandemic, going to the coffee shop, doing the grocery shopping, going to the dog park, doing our regular routines, but in a slightly adapted, safer, more masked way. Others have been in deep seclusion the entire time, having everything delivered, hardly setting foot in a public indoor space for over a year. Still others haven't had the luxury of seclusion and have worked right through this pandemic, their work too essential to be allowed to change their routines. Some of us have experienced deep loss and are grieving. Some of us have experienced a profound awakening. Some of us got into a groove as a result of isolation. Others, the more extroverted among us, have felt unlike ourselves for months on end. All of our lives have been altered in some significant way, but we're all coming back from very different places. That said, I think that there are a few threads that are common to most people's experience. A big one is a profound shift in our energetic experience, particularly for those of us who live in cities. Early on in the pandemic, my partner and I met with a somatic therapist who she works with. For those not acquainted with the term, somatic means having to do with the body. So understanding how our feelings, our words, our actions relate to the body or situated in the body rather than putting the full focus on the mind. And this somatic therapist was talking about how the pandemic was allowing us to undergo a profound reset of our energetic fields. In the Western world, we think about the limits of ourselves and our bodies as ending at the edges of our skin. But in actuality, there's an energetic field that extends, let's say, about six feet around our bodies that contains our energy. So when people enter that field, we sense it intuitively. And they, too, get some information about us when they come into close proximity with our bodies. As we move through the world, either in the tight quarters of the city or just indoors in a restaurant or a shop, strangers are constantly entering and leaving this energetic field. And because that's a regular occurrence, we have to sort of desensitize the field to tolerate it. Now, as this therapist posited in ancient times, it was more likely that we'd be part of a tribe. And so everyone who entered our field would be someone that we knew. Not so in modern times, 
right? Before the pandemic, most of us were constantly experiencing strangers passing into and out of our energetic fields, which creates, I think, a, a very subtle kind of bracing of one's energy, a sense of needing to be protected or on alert. But with the six feet of social distancing that most of us have been experiencing with strangers for over a year, we get a chance to reset our energy in a way to feel what it's like to live in a more energetically pure state, so to speak. As we go back out into the world, having people we don't know once again enter our energetic field is going to feel shocking or maybe even a little violating, depending on how secluded you've been. So for instance, a few weeks ago, I went to a weekend retreat to learn more about the practice of sound healing. There were rigorous protocols in place that everyone be vaccinated or have tested negative for COVID, so we were able to gather in our learning space and in the dining area without masks. And the first time I sat down to dinner with a new person from my class, I felt such a palpable physical shock. I was sitting down with a stranger without masks who was only about two feet away from me. There was a kind of somatic alert that went off that was completely beyond my conscious control because I knew intellectually that I was safe. But eventually, over the weekend, I became accustomed to eating with my new classmates, and my body's alarm system relaxed. But that's just my experience. We're all coming back into the world with different baggage from the pandemic, and a different set of ideas about what makes us feel safe. And so we're all going to experience this recalibration of the energy field, to living in a social world again in different ways. And we're really going to have to be patient with ourselves and with others. But I think it's worth noting that this reset of our energy fields also allowed another important shift to happen. A clarification of, or maybe a reconnection to, our core values. Because we had the opportunity to be completely contained in our own energy, And to look out at the world from that perhaps more centered place, that really allowed many of us to tune back into what really matters. We renewed our commitment to collective liberation, or awakened to it for the first time, seeing the urgent need to repair the violence and inequities that have existed in our country for so long. We realized that we lack the solace and the rituals we need to help us through hard times, And we reconnected to spirituality or found new ways to connect to source. We spent more time in nature and recognized how estranged we had become from the healing power and wisdom of plants and animals and the earth. And we recommitted to getting into right relationship with Mother Nature and our environment. We rediscovered self-expression and creative practices, or what folks used to call hobbies. Painting, knitting, gardening playing guitar, cooking. We reconnected with the therapeutic value and joy of everyday creativity, of doing something just for the pleasure of it, not because it's a side hustle. And most of all, we rediscovered the value of people, spending time with our partners, with our kids, with our friends. We recognized who had our back and how sacred that is. And we also recognized who wasn't aligned with our values. Because as much as the pandemic brought some of us closer, it also acted as a natural stress tester 
and detoxifier for the relationships that weren't as aligned as we thought they were. We all of us understand anew the value of surrounding ourselves with the people who really get us, who love us, who support us, and the value of being able to see and touch and spend time with those people. So in certain ways, I think we all still have a lot in common in this moment. We're emerging from seclusion with these newly purified and sensitized energy fields. It's as if we shed our old calcified skin, and now we're heading into the world with this fresh, newborn skin. At the same time, we're clutching this new set of values that we are holding so dearly to our chests, hoping to keep them safe and to find a way to integrate them so that we don't drift away from the things that matter most again, so that we don't go back to sleep again. It's an exciting moment, but it's also a very vulnerable one. We are emerging on wobbly legs, learning how to walk in our truth for perhaps the first time. I say this as someone who didn't think I was going to feel wobbly. Despite my awareness of everything that I just articulated to you, I was still optimistically expecting a relatively smooth re-entry to society for myself. Probably because in so many ways I've been blessed during this pandemic and benefited greatly from my privilege. The people I'm close to have remained safe. I've been able to work with little interruption. I'd recently moved before the pandemic to an area with increased access to nature. And I met my partner a few months before COVID hit. I have stayed safe and followed all the mask protocols through the pandemic, but I was still able to spend some time with people. And I'm now lucky to be vaccinated. But even with all of these benefits, the awkwardness of emerging has still snuck up on me. It started with my relationship. As any of you who are regular listeners will likely know, I fell deeply in love with a woman a few months before the pandemic. When the lockdown started, and she got trapped in Peru, I made a romantic and rather melodramatic podcast about it called Dear Alley. When she finally got out of Peru, she moved in with me, and we've been together ever since. In fact, we're now engaged. But what I didn't realize until recently was that the bulk of our relationship unfolded within the strange disreality of the pandemic, a world where we spent a massive amount of time together, had nearly 100% of each other's attention, and had little to no opportunity to be out in the world together in social situations as a couple. So all of a sudden, as things began to open up, we were confronted with all of these new situations and social dynamics that we had never faced before. And it created some real challenges that we're still learning how to work through. It's too personal to get into the details, but suffice to say, I have experienced, and I think most of us are likely to experience, some unexpected recalibrations as we emerge. Things that we just didn't even think were going to be an issue, or things that we would have never anticipated. Big things, like I just talked about, like navigating my relationship, but also little niggling things. Like, for instance, I've realized that my social anxiety has been turned up to 11 lately as I learn how to be with people again. 
I'm obsessively looping on things I said after I have new interactions and did I say the right thing and what will they think, etc., etc. It's a bit exhausting, but for me, it's obviously part of the reacclimation process. Once I get more used to socializing again, I imagine, I hope, it will fall away. Another weird thing that cropped up was realizing I'd lost my skill for sustained eye contact. For some reason, wearing a mask and the entire pandemic situation made me start making less eye contact with people. Like it felt too confrontational, like I'd shoot germs at them out of my eyes or something. Now with masks removed outdoors, I find the habit of making less eye contact has lingered. It's the strange new habit that I now have to slowly break myself of. And these curious realizations, big and small, are all part of the wobbliness that I'm talking about. And what's wobbly will probably be different for all of us, because we've all been living in our own uniquely customized version of isolation. Now, you may think wobbly sounds like a little word, an insignificant thing, but it isn't. As a former gymnast whose favorite event was balance beam, I can tell you that having the wobblies is kind of a big deal. And it can bring you down if you don't find a way to recenter and rebalance. I think that's the project ahead for all of us now. How can we integrate all that we've learned, all of the insights we've had over the past year, so that we can find center? And I think that that center is going to be a very different place than where we all were heading into the pandemic. And it's doing this work of recalibrating and integrating all that we've learned that's how we're going to get to a new normal. It's how we're going to shed our toxic old patterns and our toxic old cultural systems. And frankly, it's going to be a lot of work, which is why I'm going to do everything that I can to support you in this integration starting with two new projects. The first is this podcast. That's why it's back for a fourth season. And it's also why I'm making a few key changes. The first one is about, not to put too fine a point on it, money. I already mentioned how we each have gone through fundamental shifts in our values during this pandemic. Or if not shifts, then clarifying effects. For me, one of those value clarifications was that I want to start to shift further away from standard business models and to make my podcasts, my courses, and really anything else that I make a product that is supported by the community and is as accessible as I can make it to a broad spectrum of people in the community. With the podcast, that means I'll be moving from an ad-supported model to a listener-supported model. So you'll notice there are no ads in this first episode of Season 4. That said, I'm incredibly grateful to all of the sponsors who have supported this podcast over the years. Most of all, Hover, who has sponsored Hurry Slowly for every single season up until now. But I think it's time to move to a model that feels more aligned for where I and the podcast are headed now. And that means getting even more in tune with you, the listener, and experimenting to see if this podcast can be a self-sustaining, community-supported, ad-free entity. I haven't had time to set up a donation system yet, so more on that down the line. But I wanted to share my new vision and how the integration of my own pandemic realizations is starting to unfold. 
The second aspect of the podcast that is changing is the focus. I ended last season with an episode entitled Rest in Peace Productivity. And staying true to that vision, I'm leaving behind any last dregs of ideas about optimization that were lingering in the podcast and heading in the other direction for season four. In keeping with this idea of combating the wobbliness that we're all feeling right now and sorting out how we can recalibrate and integrate all that's unfolded to arrive at a new normal, the theme of the new season of Hurry Slowly will be, how can we begin again? I'll be talking to thinkers and healers and facilitators and activists about building community and re-anchoring ourselves in ritual and navigating trauma and moving toward a more equitable society. And hopefully in these conversations, we can begin to illuminate a way forward. So that's the podcast and the changes that are percolating and what you can expect. The other brand new project that I'm rolling out today is Radiate, a community for collective transformation, which is going to be the biggest, most in-depth creative program I've ever offered. Radiate is a collaborative learning community dedicated to exploring, integrating, and radiating transformative change. I believe that this emergence that we're all going through right now is a once-in-a-lifetime event. What we've gone through in the past year was both painful and remarkable. I would liken it to a global healing crisis, that moment when things have to get really bad before they get better. And to varying degrees, we all went into a dark cave of self-reflection last year. And now we're emerging with these jewels of insight that we have to learn how to integrate into our lives. And that integration is going to require new rituals, new ways of working, new ways of being in community, new ways of organizing society, new ways of relating to our environment and the natural world, and new ways of connecting to something greater, to spirit, to faith. And that is a lot of integration to do. Let's not sugarcoat it. And it's not going to be easy. And it's not something that we can do alone. And that's where Radiate comes in. It's a community, a sacred space, and an idea percolator that will foster the connection and the insights you need to integrate deep transformation. And if you're a regular listener, you likely already know my thoughts on transformation. I don't use the term lightly. In fact, I dedicated a whole podcast episode to talking about just how hard transformation is. The example I used was caterpillar turning into a butterfly. You know what happens? The caterpillar goes into its chrysalis and completely dissolves itself into a sort of genetic soup and then reconstitutes itself into a butterfly which is pretty wild. You know, we think the transformation should be beautiful and elegant, but actually it's messy and unpredictable and pretty darn awkward. And I think we're all in that awkward, soupy state right now. We've gone into our cocoons. 
We've been broken down. And now, in the process of emerging, we have to reconstitute ourselves anew. And just like when a caterpillar transforms into a butterfly, we are not going to look the same when we come out of this as when we went in. But that transformation, this change into a completely new self, and the collective reinvention that needs to follow, that's going to take time. There are no shortcuts. And that's why Radiate is a nine-month community program. So we can go deep together and really do the work of integrating everything that we've learned. In keeping with my hurry-slowly philosophy, I'm setting up the structure and the rhythm of the community in an unusual way, where we're going to have active community learning cycles paired with ample breaks for rest and reflection. So basically it's like interval training for transformation. This is how it breaks down. The program consists of three 10-week community learning cycles with a four-week break in between each one. So the first cycle kicks off on June 29th and runs through September 3rd. Then you'll have Labor Day weekend and the rest of September to rest, reflect, and integrate the work that we've done. After the September break, the next 10-week community learning cycle unfolds from October 4th through December 10th. Then we'll have a holiday break where you can rest, commune with family and friends, and get yourself oriented for the new year. Then the final 10-week learning cycle will happen from January 10th through March 18th. And this on-again, off-again rhythm is really designed to make being in deep community over time radically doable so that you can commit to really doing this work of integration without worrying about burning out. Now, throughout the program, I'll be creating and curating a bunch of different types of content to spark reflection and engagement and transformation. Once a month, I'll give a talk that speaks to a specific theme that's coming up for the community. Topics that I'm keen to explore include community, ritual, anti-productivity, internalized capitalism, and equity. Once a month, community members will also have exclusive access to attend a live podcast interview and participate in a Q&A afterwards. Basically, I'm curating the new season of Hurry Slowly for this community. You'll also get advanced notice of guests so that you can get familiar with their work and so that we can read their books together as a community. Now, let me give you a sneak preview of the incredible lineup I have in store for the first 10-week learning cycle of Radiate. First off, I'll be talking with past Hurry Slowly guest Priya Parker about the challenges of emerging in this moment and how we can create gatherings that support being in community in alignment with our values. Priya is an expert facilitator, a gathering guru, and a conflict mediator, and I am sure she will have much wisdom to share in this wobbly moment. I'll also be talking with activist Mia Birdsong, author of the fantastic new book, How We Show Up, Reclaiming Family, Friendship, and Community. 
and we're going to dig into a rich conversation about unorthodox approaches to community, how success can get in the way of connection, and how to unwind ourselves from extractive, capitalistic mindsets in our relationships and our everyday exchanges. And then as a final bonus, I'll be inviting past podcast guest Sebene Selassie to lead a workshop for the Radiate community on ancestors and elements and how acknowledging our history and our lineage and reclaiming our relationship with the elements of nature can help us relate to others in new ways. And that's just for the first 10-week learning cycle. There's much, much more to come. Now, beyond my talks and these interviews, I'll also be hosting integration hours every other week, which will essentially be a space for talking about, brainstorming, and working through change. So during these sessions, I'll be holding space, fielding questions, and facilitating group exercises to open up new possibilities. I'll also be providing bi-monthly journal prompts that are designed to guide you into deeper self-investigation as well as community conversation. Plus, we'll have lots of other ways to interact as a community. For those who are interested, I'll be organizing folks into small journey groups of five to six people that will meet every other week. I did these optional journey groups with my last community course, Hi-Fi, and people loved them. And many who participated created lasting relationships. I'll also be offering BIPOC and LGBTQ affinity groups for those who identify as such. Beyond the journey groups, I'll also be creating a dynamic online discussion space to support meaningful, asynchronous conversation and brainstorming. And last but not least, I'll be empowering community members to test drive new skills that they're exploring via a curated community calendar. So let's say you're building a practice around tarot card reading, or you're learning to be a life coach, or you've been building up your knowledge base around cryptocurrency. I'll be creating a space for you to demo out those skills and begin to integrate them within the community. Basically, I'll be doing everything I can to create a supportive, vibrant learning space so that we can all discover how to integrate, embody, and radiate positive change. Now, I named this program Radiate because I want to emphasize that this is not just about you or me or any individual person. Yes, we are most certainly going to focus on self-transformation, but we'll be focusing on self-transformation with the larger end goal of collective transformation. We are seeking not just to integrate and embody change for ourselves, but in order to understand how we can contribute to collective transformation. Registration for Radiate opens today, June 18th, at www.radiate-community.com, and it will run through next Friday, June 25th. The community program itself is going to kick off on June 29th. And I should note that this is not a community with a revolving door. That means there will only be one opportunity to join the community, and that's the week of registration starting today. After registration closes on June 25th, 
the community will be established and we'll be creating a closed, sacred container in which to get to know each other and to do this work of integration. And I'm also limiting the size of the community to just 150 people. So there are limited spots available. Registration is first come, first served. Once all of the spots are claimed, that's it. Now, honestly, I cannot wait to see who shows up for Radiate. I think the depth and the breadth of the program is going to allow us to get to know each other and grow together in a really remarkable way. So if the idea of being in deep community and contributing to collective transformation speaks to you, I sincerely hope that you will join Radiate. Once again, the URL to learn more and book your spot is www.radiate-community.com. Thanks for listening today and for embarking on another season of Hurry Slowly with me. I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you.